Hello again. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. This is Fake Announcer Guy <laughs> saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, your host for the Selling on eBay radio show. Won't give you too much nonsense about us. Uh, you can find out what we do at our little website. That is sellsellsell.online. Straight to the business at hand. Sherry, what do we have in today's show? International blocking just got much worse. Oh, it wasn't too good before. And uh, I just noticed this morning, actually, that eBay is forcing the use of uh, eBay international shipping. And I think, therefore, reducing buyer choice will bring you that one. And Philip's unblemished <laughs> record is trashed, trashed by a neutral. Trash. <laughs> and uh, stand by. I believe there's a seller update coming on the way soon. So that's the uh, lay of the land for the next few minutes. Uh, in the news this week, we, um, well, this is one of those things that's in the news to me, so therefore you get to hear about <laughs> it. And that's if you get this in time, uh, do join us uh, on the Tuesday the 20th here in Orlando. We're meeting at uh, Firebirds Bar and Grill, 5 and 30, 5.30 p.m. onwards. You can come later, that's fine. Uh, and we're just having a little get-together chatting, swapping ideas, uh, recommendations, and uh, solving each other's problems at our Orlando area meetup. And Sherry, you won't believe the size of the box that's turned up with eBay swag in it. Ooh, have you opened it? I have not. <laughs> I Be will careful do so. to dig through it and see if you can find that gift card. Yes, I don't want to uh, accidentally just leave that in the bottom and leave the box behind in the restaurant or something. Yeah, I think the last time in my box, it was wrapped in tissue paper. It was oh, okay. very right. inconspicuous. All right. Well, hopefully, if there is, what I'll do is I'll put a note out to those that are subscribed uh, to the Orlando area meetup, and uh, I'll let you know how we stand on the swag. But if it's if it's a cozy little group, very good chance you could be going home with some quality swag. How's that That's for a teaser? Right. All you right. might get a light box, too. Yes, yes. I, I, I will bring at least one light box. How about that? Even if there isn't one in the box, I've got a couple spare. Oh, there you go. I bet you All do. All right, very good. All right, real news, Sherry. Upcoming improvements to the authenticity guarantee process. Yes. This is a really helpful one, and it's something that I ran into before the change. Mm-hmm. So what happened before is not only are they authenticating your item, but if there is anything other than how you described it, it was failing. The buyer was notified and the item was sent back to you. The change that's going to be made is that they're going to notify the buyer of the, what was different that they found. For example, maybe you didn't say that it had a scratch on the lug of the Mm. watch or something. And now um, they now they'll tell the buyer and give the buyer the option: Do you still want it? Do you want it at a lower price? Oh. And help facilitate that transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, because before they had this little change that I think is going to be very helpful, I had a ten thousand dollar watch oh. where uh, there it needed a repair that I didn't know about. I didn't realize it. And so they canceled it, let the buyer know and sent it back to me. And the buyer contacted me and said, I still want it if you'll sell it to me for less. Mm. So I just had to relist it, resell it to him. Right. So that's now all handled in the in the first transaction as opposed to having to keep going backwards and forwards. Yeah. And and I've had other items too, like a Louis Vuitton handbag where they found like a little bit of um maybe lint inside the bag. Oh, no. <laughs> and 
they disqualified it as being new yeah. because of that. Well, you mean but new. Yes. I, I really thought it was brand new. Mm. Um, and uh, anyway, the point is, is that this is going to be very helpful for the buyer and the seller because it'll give them more choices without yeah. having to start the whole process. Okay, so it gives your seal of approval. Yep. Sherry seal on that one. Uh, here's something that doesn't get my seal. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed about it. Now, this is, I noticed this today, so I'm still kind of bottoming out exactly how this thing works. But now I do a mixture of do-it-yourself international shipping and eBay international shipping. It kind of depends on the the value of the item mainly. And I've noticed that if I have... I mean, normally my, my system is I have first-class international post if it's less than four pounds in weight. I have priority mail international and maybe priority mail express. And the buyer can choose which of those they want. And also eBay, just for grins, throws in eBay international shipping into that uh, selection when it appears on the site, assuming that that category is supported by the country that the person's in, etc., etc. And that way they get the best possible choice. They can choose how to do it, blah, blah, blah. Now, what seems to be happening is with that scenario, eBay is suppressing the do-it-yourself shipping options for me, and it's only showing, at least on the tests I was running, only showing the eBay international shipping. It was forcing it into that uh, approach. Now, they may say, well, actually, to be honest, we know from our metrics that 99.9% .9 probability eBay international shipping will get there faster than the other options. Why put the buyer in the position of having to choose something when we eBay know best, of course, and, and can give you the right answer without bothering you with that troublesome thing having to think about things? <laughs> I'm just guessing, you know, I don't know. But they did that before, didn't they? Because they had that with the domestic shipping. You put four options in, and eBay knows best said, well, we're only going to show two of them because that's the way we want to roll. And I, people like me said, no, you, you have no idea what the customer's mindset is. You cannot predict what people do or don't want. You know, some people hate UPS, some hate FedEx, and, you know, some prefer priority mail. You know, you can't sit there and judge what they want. Just give them our choice. We've gone to the trouble of creating these options. Please don't monkey with our business and tell the customer what was right for them. Getting off track. That was the way it used to be on domestic. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of maybe the same kind of thing. What I did see, though, was that for high-value items, what I do is say the only DIY option that I'm offering is Priority Mail Express because there's a pretty good chance I'll get a signature, and I can also file a trace if it goes AWOL, and I would say 5% of stuff does go AWOL. And you're uh, talking about international? Yes. Okay. And in that situation, what it's returning is a choice to the buyer of – Priority Mail Express and eBay International Shipping, assuming that's below $2,500 because AS only goes up to $2,500. Okay. Now, that's not necessarily... So I feel there's a reduction of choice to the buyer. And again, eBay is sticking their fingers in my business. I could understand why someone with a 15 terabytes of data may say, well, we're doing it with perfectly good intentions. But it's not, it's not their call, in my opinion, how I do it. If I wanted... A limited choice, I would build a shipping profile with a limited choice. I can do that. So taking my profile that gives gives the buyer three options plus the fourth EIS option and then narrowing it down to one strikes me as a little bit interfering, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Now, maybe yeah. there's some technical reason is maybe it's a temporary thing. I don't know. Uh, but that seems to be the, the thing. What is perhaps slightly better, there's a small upside here. And that is now that when you do the search ranking by price plus shipping, it's it's obviously forcing it now to look at the EIS cost rather than the DIY cost, which is almost always, always going to be higher. Oh, well, that might be why they're doing that. It could be. I'm not, you know, because they don't tell you. And there's no sort of, when they make me king of eBay, another thing I'm going to do is <laughs> is have a change log where you can see the main things that are running, tests running, things that are changed. So if something like this comes up, you don't have to spin your wheels trying to figure out what the hell's going on and go to a zillion podcasts and see what other people are finding. It would just say we're running a test or we've we've done oh. this because and here's the thing you click to submit your comments if you think it's good or bad. I mean that would Transparency. be Transparency. You know, we'd all wouldn't get so excited about this stuff. Anyway, so that's something I've noticed. I don't know whether you've seen this. It's I only noticed it today. If you can figure out what's going on, maybe you have some theories on the reason for it. Because uh, there is a reason quite often. I don't think I always agree with it, but there usually is a reason. Uh, do get in touch. It's 833-EBAY-723 uh, if you want to get uh, in touch with us a voicemail, maybe. And we're turning into a bit of a shipping corner here, Sherry. Yeah, There's, uh, we love to talk another about thing shipping. I think is a test of this one, right? Well, I hope it sticks. Yeah. Uh, eBay seems to be testing new placement of shipping costs next to the item price. Can you imagine? I, are we all sitting down? Because this is almost good news. Oh, my gosh. That is so amazing. I, I get questions every few days yes. about the shipping cost. And, I, and usually the question is, why is the shipping so much? Uh-huh. And so I have to be my patient self and say, what is the shipping? <laughs> how, how much is it quoting you? And if you give me your zip code, mm -hmm. I can let you know if yeah. that's what it's going to cost. But eBay bases it on the size and weight that I've put onto the listing. It's just nice not to have a mystery like this. Yeah. Cherry, who's in my, the Boulder seller group. Yes. Not Cherry, but Cherry. <laughs> she's been selling since and maybe 99. And um, she has a picture with an arrow pointing uh -huh. to where and how people can find the shipping costs. Yes. Because this is such a common question, like, what is the shipping to so-and-so? It's a so, bit like that site, Let Me Google That For You. Have you seen that? Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Have you, have Let you me seen click that? it for you. I haven't seen. Oh, that. It's a, it, it returns a link with a little animated thing where the thing that you they were they were they were looking for is sort of animated, typed into Google, and it just shows them in a really dumbed down way how to search for something on Google. It's a very snarky way of pointing it to someone they've been very stupid. I believe the site is called Let Me Google That For You. I think maybe it's just just the just the initial letters, maybe or something like that. Oh, that's so funny. If you if you well, want to uh, if you want to you know, be a snarky uh, respondent. And that's that's one way of doing it. I try not to be. Mm -hmm. I, I try and I ask myself when I'm replying to people, I can't tell if it sounds sarcastic, but I'm really just trying to find out uh, where they're located so I can answer them. That's not a bad idea. I, I, the thing is that I get a lot. I mean, the thing that happens to me Ooh. most often is... Johnny Foreigner, somewhere abroad, will write to me and say, "Do you sell? Do you send? Do you ship to my country? And if so, what's the cost?" Get tons and tons of those, 
Uh-huh. And I try not to be too snarky in the response that says, "Look, Damas, it's in the listing. Just place the order. What are you waiting for?" You know, but they, uh-huh. they don't. They don't expect to have to scroll down and and dig around halfway down below the below the folds. It doesn't typically appear on the first page uh-huh. to find out where the shipping is. Putting it with the price and maybe go the whole hog and include it in the price. You never know. Um, is is a much more logical thing to do. It's only taken us twenty years to get there, but you know this is not a bad idea. They're testing now. Whether they'll actually adopt it or not, I don't know. I only got it to come up on one browser session. I tried some different machines, different browsers. They were all running the old system, so it must be a you know a five percent test or something. Yeah. Well, Cherry has shared that photo with me and given given permission to use uh, it. So good. if you'd like that. Let us know, email us, and I'll send it to you. Very good. Because that's one where that I use when people ask, how much is the shipping? It shows them with a big red arrow where to click. Okay. But with this new change, maybe they won't need it. Very good. Okay. To do that, uh, you can find our contact information at uh, sellsellsell.online. That's our little website. Uh, Moving on then. um, The monthly chat. Oh, yes. we're not seeing the monthly chat anymore. There doesn't chat. seem to be a monthly topic anymore on eBay community. That's monthly where that no was. Chat. Right? <laughs> yeah, so the monthly no chat. Well, it used it's to be now ad hoc. It, well, it used to be a monthly thing, and anything goes. Ask anything you like, we'll go I'll find you the answer. That was obviously too stressful for them because they were getting questions that <clears throat> they didn't perhaps want to answer. Uh, so then they said, no, 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 we don't like that anymore. We will find an expert. We will, we will, sh- you know, limit the content to just the subject matter at hand. And you can ask the expert. And that was a monthly thing. And they'd say what the topic was and who the expert or experts were. And now that's obviously way too scary, even more. And now we're yeah. down to, well, if we feel like having one, we need one. We'll do one. Otherwise, too bad. <laughs> Somewhat paraphrasing. <laughs> okay, maybe. Did you notice that it was pretty feisty in there in the monthly chat? Uh, it varies. Uh, depends on the topic. I think people are pretty good. I mean, people are forthright. Now, there's anything wrong in that? Um, most, of the, but the problem was most of the time they go, "We'll just pass that on to the team concern." You know, oh, okay. there's, there's very little. Not very. There's if it happens to hit the area of expertise of the person that's guesting that session. Yes, you might get a, a meaningful answer back, um, but oftentimes it's well. That's a good suggestion. We'll just pass that to the team. But we have had um, some stuff back. Um, we asked a question about eBay international shipping. We got an answer that was totally different from what somewhere else in the organisation said. But fair enough, we got an answer. Um, so you know, yeah, that's good. But then, really, what are the other places where you can you can ask questions? It's it's the seller check-in or the seller check-in or the seller check-in. I think at this point. So now, it, without the monthly chat, there's no way to really do this, or can you just post on eBay community? I suppose you could. I don't know whether but anyone's going to. Re- you'll get responses from other buyers and other sellers, sellers but I don't not know eBay employees. I mean, if the moderators happen to feel empowered and authorized to give an answer, my guess is their brief is pretty pretty narrowly defined. You uh, might get a response. They might say, "Well, well, that's a good idea. We'll take that." I, I don't think you're going to get like a really good in-depth answer but i could be wrong i I don't spend a lot of time on the community page nothing wrong with it it's just not not the use of my time that i care to create you know yes 
All right. Uh, so that's the monthly chat. Bye bye. Almost. Um, now, we've mentioned this before. It's eBay blocking international sales. This has been dragging on for... I went back, I found some reports on this on the, again, the community boards. I did do some research there. And this was highlighted at least a year ago. It used to be the UK was the bad boy in town, uh, blocking large amounts of business from US sellers. And I ran my inventory through some international sites to see if this has got any better or any worse, just to see how it compares. <clears throat> and the answer, badly, the bad news, is it's got much worse. Hmm. So I have, let's say, 330-odd items for sale, and I can pull them up under ebay.com. I can mm -hmm. pull them up under ebay.ca for Canada, ebay.co.uk for UK, and IT, Italy, France, Switzerland, Australia. You can do all those sites. And the number of items that will be returned under your store header will vary. Ah. Because there's a certain amount of blocking that goes on within the eBay system. Now, Italy, for example, don't ask me why, apparently you cannot import clocks or leather goods and things like that. And you said knives. We discovered with you knives to the UK, with knives Australia. to Australia. Verboten, and there's various sort of nationalities of the things that are quirky, right? So, yeah, you expect to lose some collateral damage. One or two items won't make it through. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So, out of my 330 odd items, the blocking rate, Canada, wonderful. No blocking at all. They see everything. We like the Canadians. UK. Yes, we do. I have some affinity there, but nevertheless, they block 95%. Only 5% of my stuff is visible or purchasable by UK buyers. Germany, the blocking rate is 75%. France, wow. the blocking rate is 63%. Italy blocks 78%. Switzerland, 0%. Australia, 0%. Ireland, 0%. There's nice in Australia. Australia. Uh, Austria, rather, 0%. So this is interesting. Why is this happening? The I, I do I do anytime I can get hold of anybody I do try and ask the question and they come back with usually answers well it's to do with in the case of the UK um, post Brexit product labelling legislation well this is not new stuff this is old stuff none of my stuff is new it's all secondhand stuff I really question whether the UK legislation is retroactive to used items from the past that suddenly now have to go through a whole new labeling process in order to be sold as secondhand goods. Oh, so are they blocking your new items? Or I, just don't, I don't really used? have any new items. I don't really oh, have okay. So, um, but yes, there wow. probably are if I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's, that's too bad because I do get a lot of sales to the UK in general. Well, now maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's certain categories. So this is something for you. If you've if you've got a theory on this or it's hitting you hard, let us know because I think there's a lot of people that I mean I'm losing thousands of dollars a year on this thing. And it used to be the case Germany they 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 block one or two, fair enough. Now they've gone up to 75%. And the thing with Germany is that there is new legislation about um electrical items. Now, a lot of my stuff is electrical, could be computer parts, could be things you plug into the wall for business purposes. So that might be a factor, but wasn't the whole story about eBay international shipping 
wasn't that about being compliant with these rules and, ma- and managing it at eBay's end so we didn't have to and they would take care of all this stuff? Are you talking about the packaging rules? No, well, packaging is one of the angles. This is to do with or electrical items into Germany. There's a whole new thing. You have to have a WEE number, a W-E-E-E number. Mm. And that is about having someone in country or in Europe who is responsible for this, that, and the other. I don't know. There's, oh. there's a whole ton of requirements. Oh, but and whole, eBay was going to be that person well, for yeah, you, right? Well, all these things, whether it's the recyclability in France, whether it's the packaging in Germany, whether it's the WEE number in Germany, whether it's the UK, this, that, and the other. The whole point of giving all this money over to eBay to be a member of the EIS club is that they handle this at the corporate level and we don't have to. Mm-hmm. And that's why, as I understand it, the business model for EIS is that eBay takes over title of the item. That's why you send it to them and they pay you and they handle returns because they own it at that point. So the returns mm-hmm. are not your problem by law. They're not just they like to be good. They're doing us a favor. Let's face it. They're trying to make money, and and then because they are now the title or they are the title owner of the item, they can legitimately fill in all the export paperwork as the the the, the title owner of the product, and make all these declarations. That's so it should be showing on Germany. So I don't. It's a bit of a letdown if if seventy five percent of stuff is not being handled. And if it was a European thing, why is Ireland and uh, Austria and places like that operating at 0% blocking? If, if I mean, they're all part of the EU. They all have the same import rules. I hear a doggy in the background. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, shouldn't, I didn't know she was going to shake. There you go. The fan club is in the house as ever. Um, and, and so, yes, why are these places... The whole point of Europe is the harmonisation of, of regulations and laws and all this stuff... I don't understand why Ireland can let everything through and France doesn't like 63% of it. I have a question. Can um, buyers in the UK go to ebay.com and see your items? Yes. What they will see is they will see the item. If they type in the item number, for example, if they run a search, uh, it probably won't come up. Oh, really? Because there's Even no- on ebay.com? Uh, well, yes. If they sorry, if they if they type in as a as a US, yes. If they type in eBay.com, you're right. They will come. They will see the search. If they go to eBay.co.uk mm-hmm. and type in the even the exact title, it won't show up. If they mm. type into eBay.com, I think I'm writing this. If they type into eBay.com, they will see the listing. Mm-hmm. But when it says, uh, "Do you ship to the UK?" it will say, "Contact seller mm. for details." And what am I supposed to do if they contact me? I can't produce an eBay label. The best thing I can do is nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Go find me on my shop, Shopify store. I'll take care of it there. Mm-hmm. I have to find a way of doing that without upsetting the system too much. Yeah, even yeah. though there's no way to do it through eBay. By the way, did you sell to Italy very much before? <laughs> I've always blocked Italy because... I, yeah, yeah, just too much trouble. Um, so precarious. The, 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 what, what, what I'd like to do, we're getting way off topic here, but anyway, okay. um, what I'd like to do with Italy is say I will sell to I will sell to Italy, but I will only do it via Priority Mail Express. It's safe that way. I thought well, you had to do it, it like it's, through a broker. It's, like it's FedEx. tracked, and you have uh, a, a trace case. I, I'm okay with that. I, 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 can, oh, okay. I can I can handle that. I haven't lost anything to Italy via Priority Mail Express. It takes forever, and it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster, but it will it will get there. Okay. Um, but you can't, unfortunately, I think, run country-specific 
shipping methods. Mm. Mexico is an example, for example. You send something to Mexico that isn't tracked, it's just free Christmas present for the Mexican posties, right? I mean, right. Um, whereas I'm more than happy to send it via a track service, which I think will get there. But you can't say to eBay, oh, yeah, these countries only want to send via Priority Mail Express. You either, at an item level, you, you, set, the, you set the shipping services, not at the country level. So, sorry, yeah. just to answer your question. Um, Thank you. Anyway, so there we go. I, it's it's a bit disappointing, particularly given all the hype about eBay International Shipping and all the work that they've done to set up this rather complicated financial information, financial structure, and they've briefed all the financial institutions that because <clears throat> what they're doing is they're taking ownership of the assets. So eBay's return on capital employee will drop because their their amount of capital they're tying up now includes seller inventory, which it didn't before. So their financial ratios are going to change at least by enough that they've been managing this with the financial guys, if you follow the you know the briefing calls, to explain this is what's going on. And and we seem to be selling less stuff than when we started. <laughs> so I don't know. Now, it's a category-specific-ish kind of problem. If I was selling clothing or something, I don't think it would be coming up. Um, but it's just, you know, I can't get a straight answer, basically, is what I'm, what I'm saying. Because let's say I've got a bunch of sound cards. I sell broadcast sound cards. If they were somehow prohibited from being sold into the UK... Why does eBay.co.uk have two and a half thousand sound cards for sale on their site? If sound cards were bad, they'd have none. Wait, from other countries? They don't like sound cards from me in America, but they're more than happy to sell sound cards from their chappies in England. So they don't want to import them. Protectionism. Ah, uh, yeah, that like Brazil. A Brazil, I've always blocked them because. The, the buyer just wouldn't get it. But that's because Brazil... That's an ugly theory you put forward, was, Cherry, but... Oh, is I, it? I think so. I'm, well, I, I, I experienced it soap. enough. <laughs> and, uh, and it was protectionism. Wow. And then someone in one of my eBay classes who used to work for a logistics company said that was absolutely true, that sure. you had to have a special agreement yeah. with them in order so, to import into Brazil. This is what I say when they come back and they say, "Oh, it's not not protectionism. It's it's these all these new rules." Mm. By the way, sorry, were you being subtle about it? And I blew that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, we can get into the whole British politics thing. Let's not do that. It would take too long. Okay. Um, what if it was? If it was the you couldn't now sell this stuff. Why are they still selling everybody else's stuff and not the stuff from America? That's the mm -hmm. bit that they don't answer. And okay. why, And that, to my mind, undermines their credibility when they say, oh, it's this, this labeling stuff or whatever. Because everybody else in country sliding by, no problems. They're not doing anything different, I think, for those guys. They just don't want people in America who've got access now to very affordable international shipping. Mm-hmm. Sending their, their American stuff over and, and upsetting their little marketplace. Ah, I don't know. That's just a theory on my side. Do you have a? What do you think? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, shoot us a note at uh, sell 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 dot online. Maybe you've got a better theory. Uh, so anyway, that's that's international blocking got a lot worse. Uh, we'll track it. Um, uh, 
Oh, we've got more on shipping now. I don't know. Yes, let's let's do Sherry Shipping Corner last item, I promise, honestly. Oh, yeah, no, well, just sort a quick of, one. Anyway. Yeah, not our last item on it, but, <laughs> well, you know, we ship all day. So label adjustments when you have maybe different dimensions or they get a different weight, mm. you're now notified and it's not just applied to the account. But this is probably because with UPS and FedEx, I believe, they're now charging you up front for the label Whereas before you weren't charged until it was delivered. Yes, that could be the difference. Although they still would never, even if there was a difference between what they quoted when mm -hmm. you printed the label and the actual, they just kind of ignored that. They didn't that, tell you. Didn't they tell just you, charged they just, you. Just shoveled it on your account and I hope you won't notice it. Yeah, but now um, they're letting you know, but probably because they've charged you something different and now they're making it. An and that's adjustment. fine. I, I got one through and it was a dollar or two. I don't know. And it was probably, you know, to be honest, if it's like 16.001 pounds, I might try and sneak it through at 16. Who knows? Their scale might be running a little light that day. You know, why not? There's no penalty applied. It's not like there's a $5 surcharge Which is nice. yes. for, uh, for trying to squeeze something through. So why not? Yeah, I did have a 0.1 yeah. over. A tenth of an ounce, and I did hope that that slides through. Um, so uh -oh. they're now joining. What happens with I don't know. I've, I think Pirate Ship does it. There's some other, other the other sort of professional shipping operations. Typically, we'll send you a report saying, "Hey, we've got a response back." Uh, USPS uses something called APV, Automatic Package Verification, which is their version of reweighing and re-rating stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, every now and again, you if, you if you use one of these third-party services, you get a thing that says, oh, by the way, here's your reconciliations for this month. These are the adjustments. And normally, there's an ounce or two here, an inch or two here. It usually pretty makes sense. Sometimes it'll be completely crazy and there'll be a 50-pound extra weight. And then you can go back and say that's nonsense because the stuff is photographed at the same time as it goes through the scale and the laser measurement system, and they keep those photographs. So, you know, it's pretty obvious that little tiny jewelry, little you know, in perfume box was not fifty pounds and not forty-eight inches wide or something, and they can go, okay, that's just a you know, the laser bounced off something and got confused mm -hmm. or whatever. All right, okay, well there we go. We got one more, just sort of moving on to some other stuff here. Uh, we got another another shipping one here at least. Now, <clears throat> we talked last time. I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but I had. Uh, an eBay international shipping order, about $780, I think it was, that they lost. It got into mm. the Chicago warehouse and then vanished without trace. Mm. Probably sitting in someone's hi-fi rack at home now, <laughs> enjoying the sounds of some nice piece of equipment. Anyway, and eBay paid out. That wasn't a big problem. But we did comment about the fact that, in theory, they say, oh, no, no, we'll handle it. You won't, you won't have to deal with it. Yeah, the, the case came in to me. I had to, you know, I got the, the thing, and they took the money out of my account and then put it back in again, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It didn't count on my performance metrics because you get measured on INRs. Right. However, <clears throat> I did discover that because I do – uh, eBay refurbish. So I'm on the list of approved refurbishers in certain categories. Oh, I get that yes. checkmark thingy, Bob, and I can I can sell seller refurbished into categories that are restricted and other people can't, which is nice. It's a lot of hassle, but you can get there. Mm -hmm. um, however, that case does show up on my eBay refurbished dashboard as a ding. Oh. And I, I'm limited to what I can say because... Mm. Just again, a slight tangent. 
part of the, the the fun and games of going for eBay refurbishment is like everything with eBay. There's an NDA that you sign, mm-hmm. and I believe it's that you can't discuss the exact details of the program. Okay. So forgive me if I don't get enormous detail. And I kind of didn't read it because you know you get like a ton of these things to sign, and you think, well, I'll, I'll read that later. But they're, right. all, they're all Google documents, and when you sign, when you finish the bottom and sign it, boom, it goes back to the server in eBay land, and you don't know what it said. So I said oh, to them a couple of times, I said, could I have a copy of the contracts because I don't want to fall foul of something I've signed off in a rush and didn't know. I thought I'd get a copy back, uh-huh. and they never give it to me. So there's an NDA on the NDA. <laughs> this just, oh my gosh! So, but anyway, I, I, and I think people can see there's a some there's a section of the dashboard that says eBay refurbished. I think everyone sees at least that title, so you know it's right. there. And anyway, um, the the metrics are different; they're a bit more demanding, and um, it seems like an eBay cock up in the EIS warehouse does count as a INR ding on uh, my seller refurbished metrics. So there you go. I don't know what I can do about it. I guess if it comes down to the wire and they're about to kick me out, I could complain. But uh, I was a little disappointed, but maybe that's something they'll fix in the future. Is there a certain amount of those you can have? Uh, I'd have to kill you if I told you. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. I don't want you to there do is that. A, there is a percentage. Okay, I believe okay. I'm not a limited disclose. So you should be fine. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't even want to know then because I... <laughs> you probably tell everybody else. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, let's, before I get uh, hauled off to the clink, uh, we'll move on to something else. And uh, it's tax time. Well, yes. Yeah, so on s- yesterday or Sunday, I managed to be on the couch for a good nine and a half hours. I was working on my QuickBooks, um, entering all of my expenses, uploading from to my accountant my 1099K well, from we're, eBay. We're, we're ahead of the curve. You are or I am? You are. I mean... Oh, I thought I should have done it in January, but... Okay, well, very good. I I have one more Sunday to go, and then I think I can finish this. But I sent... The reason I sent you a question, Philip, is Mm -hmm. because I noticed on the 1099K from eBay, it looks like it doesn't deduct for the eBay fees and the shipping... And the sales tax possibly? No, no, no. I've been told before by eBay that it doesn't include the sales tax they collect. But let's just assume that's correct because I I believe that I heard that 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 was confirmed. But what I give on my QuickBooks, I use the deposits made from eBay into my account. And those are after they've taken out the cost of shipping labels and the eBay fees so I'm not reporting the same amount that they are on the 1099K right. because then it would be just extra work to then report the expenses of the eBay fees and the shipping labels. Um, well, anyway, it's just a little frustrating because now eBay is reporting a higher mm-hmm. amount than I am. And that was the thing that I think I sent back on that. Not that I know anything about taxes in a professional sense, so don't take this as gospel, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, my general rule of thumb is always to declare a revenue line for my business that's never less than what's on 1099Ks. Mm-hmm. Because if there's some money that's missing, like you, you, you've, got a, you've got a 1099K for 100 
100k and you only declare 90k of income, instantly, you know, that's going to trigger something in a computer system somewhere that puts that on someone's screen and says, take a look at this because there's a discrepancy. However, mm -hmm. if you declare 101k income and your 1099s add up to 100k, I think there's a greater, there's a lesser chance you'll be audited. So netting off the stuff before the tax man sees it might be arithmetically easier, but I think exposes you to a mismatch between the numbers that eBay and anybody else that you're doing business taking payments through is reporting to the IRS and what you're reporting via the other channel. And if those numbers don't jive, I think that's a potentially more challenging situation to deal with than actually just yeah. doing the numbers, declaring the biggest number you can find and taking out, for example, if they declare the sales tax, they, de they collect, just declare it as a, as a deduction. There's, there's a thing on the thing about taxes you paid. I can't remember whether mm -hmm. I tried to I tried to add up just to, to, to wind back a little bit. This is all easily understood, sort of easily understood by downloading the detailed file that sits behind the 1099k. Mm -hmm. Previously, I think they had it on the same page. For some reason, now you have to click on another tab and then down, then have it created, and then you download that, and it tells you all the numbers that roll up to those monthly figures on the 1099k. Mm -hmm. So I would frankly start with that file and use that as the basis of my mm. calculations. Um, and I did look at it, and I was trying to figure out in in the very limited amount of time. I wanted to spend on this uh, exactly whether it matched whether whether the numbers in the num the gross number that eBay was telling you or me included the sales tax they collected and nothing quite added up the rows and columns didn't really add up so I didn't really spend time trying to work out exactly you know what was different mm -hmm. uh, but either way yeah uh, it, well, it, make sure that your headline revenue number does not look I, this is not professional advice it's just common mm -hmm. sense I think. Yeah. Um, looks looks at least as at least as similar to what the, the eBay is telling about you. Yeah. Well said. So anyway, that, that well, you're well ahead of time on that then. Getting a big big refund, taking us out somewhere nice. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get a refund. I'm just trying not to owe anything. <laughs> I another thing that I do, not that it necessarily is any meaningful advice, but I always try and pay a little bit more than I think I'm probably going to owe. Mm -hmm. And I pay it on time. I just think that maybe doesn't trigger another flag that you're you're late and short <laughs> yes so you know I, no. I usually end up with a bit of a refund but that's by design that's nice because i know historically i look at the previous year and i know the percentage of my gross income i so last year I look at last year i have a gross income of this and i i know the tax that i paid i work out that percentage so i think it's like mm -hmm. i don't know 24% or whatever it is of, of my mm -hmm. gross. I know my gross every month pretty accurately. The actual net in terms of doing all the labels and adjustments and stuff, I don't know till the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But the percentage of gross is reasonably static figure. So I apply that percentage to the next year. <clears throat> now, unless the tax rules change, it's probably about right. And I mm -hmm. add, I don't know, probably often 20%. So if it, it says I owe $1,000 in tax by the system, I might even pay in 1200 just to be on the generous side, and I get a little mm -hmm. bit back at the end of the year. Nice. Um, I don't do a full P&L every month, but I do enough that I think I can pretty much accurately work out a worst-case scenario of what I owe. 
and I pay that through the estimated tax system. And then I get some stuff back at the end. Yeah. Take a little vacation. There you go. On refund day. So any other uh, tax advice you'd like to share with us? Clearly, we need we need some expertise here. Uh, feel free, chime in. Maybe you could be a special guest. We don't have many guests lately. We should uh, we should get on with this. Get some guests on board. How about that? Yes. Send us a note. Uh, sell, sell, sell dot online. Uh, we'd love to chat to you. Thanks for doing that. Uh, oh, here, here's one for you. I, my, my limited reputation got trashed. Trashed, I tell you. Uh, by a neutral. God darn it. Poor thing. This happens about every third or fourth year. I get some... some... And neutral doesn't bring you down from 100%, does no, it? No, but the point is that it those those zeros now become something other than zero, and then there's a temptation to click away from the listing and just see what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it makes a difference whether it's neutral or negative. I think people that will click away to explore will do that either way. I certainly do. <laughs> so... Well, you perhaps use this as, a, as an example to how I think through these situations. And maybe you'll find this useful. Maybe it doesn't apply to you. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good approach. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm minding my own business. We've talked before I have some system that monitors this stuff in near real time. So I get the thing that says my feedback's changed. Um, and I, I look at it. And this dude has written what looks to me like a mediocre product review against my seller review because he says things like mm -hmm. well without getting into all the technology side of things he's worried that i've supplied a type 59 cable and in his personal opinion i should have provided a type 58 cable and there's some other electrical specification stuff that he thinks is probably not universally the right way of doing things but that's fine that's the product the way the product the people built the product i didn't sit there and switch through the cables it was a sealed bag it was a, it actually was a new item oh in this gosh. case and he's got a, a beef about how the product was put together by the manufacturer and now that's appearing oh against you know me as a seller mark um you know it's a neutral because he's not happy with me as a seller Mm -hmm. Now, you know, back in the day, like before August, I think you could call concierge and say, look, this is clearly a mixed up. The guy's mixed up. He's put a product review in the seller thing. And they go, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with this. Get rid of that thing. Thank you. Be done in 10 seconds. I don't think it's going to happen now. I didn't even bother mm -hmm. making the call. You know, I don't why why get excited about that. I'm going to have to fix this. And so, OK, uh, fair enough. Uh, this is the way this, this guy works. And, you know, Sherry, when... You get a neutral or negative feedback. What's the first thing that you think you want to do or well, should do? Well, you could contact the buyer and uh -huh. say, oh, I'm so sorry yeah. that you weren't happy with yeah. this. Try to resolve it with them. And then once that's resolved, then you could say, "Can if I send you a feedback revision request, you would you change it? I was teasing you slightly. It's a trick question. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, my answer is do nothing. Don't touch the keyboard. Don't start drafting that letter. Well, I see you posted a neutral or negative. Do you understand? This was all in the listing anyway. Do you, I refer you to paragraph 405. It, it clearly says it's a type yeah. 50. What the hell are you? You don't even understand the difference between product and blah, blah, blah. Uh, resist the temptation to do that. Do nothing. And ponder for a second, because there's a strategic choice you have to make at this, this point. Do you want A, to be right, or B, get the get the comment removed? 
Because the mm-hmm. two together, A and B, is quite difficult to achieve, but A or B is doable. And I put it to you that most of us, being the perfectionists that we are, uh, probably care more about getting this dumb comment off our record than necessarily being right. I will sacrifice my ego uh, about being right about something if he gets rid of this comment and I can move on and not worry about it. So, having decided that, I, there's a bit of now a bit of reverse psychology comes into play, I think. You look at this thing and what's this guy doing? He's basically, he's saying, I think, the way I read this sort of thing is my ego wants to believe that I'm a smarter technician than this dumb guy who just makes a living selling crap on eBay and here's how I'm going to prove it. And by the way, the feedback thing gets more visibility, so I'll get more traction if I post my genius comments here. Mm. And it's basically, it's a bit of a pissing contest kind of scenario. And he wants to come across as the big swinging dick when it comes to you know RF technology, radio frequency technology. This is clearly mm-hmm. his thing. So to my mind... You can do one of two things. You can you can argue the toss with him technically and get into a debate as to whether he's right or wrong and whatever. Or you can massage his ego and make him happy. And there's a far more chance, I think, that he'll go through all the rather complicated process of, of changing feedback because it is a bit of a hassle. Mm-hmm. And the guy has to be – the other person has to be motivated to do it. People tend to sort of lose interest in that because what do they care anyway about your reputation? Uh, right. Um. So rather than even just get into any of the discussion, the approach I took in this case is I write to him and say, look, I'm very sorry. I, it's my mistake. Um, I'll make it right. What can wow, I do? Wow, you did? Yeah, absolutely. Even though I disagree oh. with every single tiny thing he said. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Just because, well, no, I'm, 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 I'm weak. But that's, that's, that's a, it's a business decision to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, now, what... The, 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 the difference between the cable type is absolutely minimal. But anyway, uh, I, it's a $450 item. It's, it's a reasonably expensive thing. Mm. And by the way, the cable is a small part. And I can, I can go out and buy the incorrect cable type, the type that he actually wants, for 40 bucks delivered to him mm. on UK. It's not a big deal. <clears throat> um, so I say, I'm very sorry. Obviously, this has slipped through. Uh, I'd like to make it right. What can I do? Would it be okay if we just replace the cable and got the type that you you want and by the way here's a link to where you can get it it's only it's 40 dollars if i covered that would that would that be an acceptable resolution for you he says yes and then i send him a partial refund to cover the cable cost oh and usually what i like to do with this situation is if there's a number on the table to fix the problem i add a bit more to it um just because you know, I don't know. It just it just creates that extra motivation that the, the equilibrium is more in my favor than it was. It's an, so I gave him $50 rather than 40 I said I put 50 I re- gave you back 50 because you might need wow. a few extra feet or something. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I'm trying to set up that – I'm trying to shift the balance for where I'm, I'm, you know, below par to slightly above what's expected because then, as you say, the next phase of the game – once he confirms this is a perfectly acceptable arrangement, he's more than happy to take my extra bribe. Um, then the matter comes up. And he actually volunteered, I think. I would be happy to change the the, the the review at this point. 
which of course is the magic words you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can send off the thing. The thing is that you don't want to send it off. You get one shot at sending right. that email and it's easily lost because it comes from eBay, not from you. So it'll be from a different address to the one that you've been having all this to and fro from. It's mm-hmm. easily deleted. And if he deletes it and loses it, you're screwed because you won't get eBay to send out a second copy of it. Right. So I always um, double check that the solution has been satisfactory, that he's definitely confirmed he's on for a revision and that he's ready to receive the link, that he'll react to it. Because if he goes on vacation, someone did that, went on vacation for a week and they couldn't find it. And I, oh, it never got no. fixed. So um, anyway, so... Yes, uh, eventually uh, we, we we sorted all this out, and he wrote the same the same product review as he did before, exactly the same word for word, but gave it gave it a good result rather than a, a positive rather than neutral. Good for you. So uh, there we are. So that's my little system for dealing with this. It's there's other things I do from time to time, but that it doesn't happen very often. Thankfully, thank God. Um, but my my yeah, I, I think if you can financially. Take the heat out of the situation by financially resolving the the cost the issue it had, even if it means giving a full refund. Um, then you have the conversation about how do I, you know, how do we make this better? But I think getting getting the refund going early on is key, rather than leaving that as the final step. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be too generous with a refund, give more than I might have needed to make it go away, and do that right up front, rather than be seen to be kind of holding out for the for the lowest possible amount of refund. Yeah. But then I'm lucky. I don't get many of these. I mean, I don't think I have one for three or four years, and they won't get – well, I think all eBay problems, of course, come in threes. But after the next two, after that, there'll be another three-year yes. three gap. Um, and at least it sold for a lot. So yeah, yeah I can afford to write off for $40, $40, $50 on this. It's not – I mean, I've sold hundreds of them. I mean, no one else has had a mm-hmm. problem, and it works fine mm-hmm. with all the other equipment that he said it wasn't going to work with. I mean, oh, but there wow. you go. Uh, again, I can sit there and I can argue with him. My other the plan, the other approach, we argue every single point with him. Well, I've tested it with these these manufacturers' gear under this scenario, with this, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Is he going to change the feedback? Less likely, I venture. Right. What he? I mean, and that's you know, a lot of people who complain. I think the important thing is the acknowledgement and recognition. That's that's what they want. They don't really care about whether whether your score is 100 or 99 or whatever. That's not what they bother about. It's they want to feel validated, and that they're right. Someone's yes. heard them. That they've they've had they've made an impact. They they had meaning. Supply that, and the problem is much less challenging. And you see people, you know, they they post to Reddit or Facebook, and they get into a whole ding dong with the other party where they argue every... And then the thing expands into this all this other stuff and they bring in new material and there's more complaints. And by the way, it was packed bad and, you know, I didn't like the pizza box. And, you know, it just, just gets worse because they try and argue their way out of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm i weak, but uh, no, I just, just suck it up and uh, pander to their, their ego. And that seems to work quite often. <laughs> Yeah, well done. Good advice. So there we are. I don't know whether that's a useful template, um, but there we are. That's uh, that's my neutral for the week. Anyway, okay. let's press on. Well, Should we do some tips? Because we're, we're running way sure, over time. I'll, let's get I'll make mine very okay, like. succinct. Um, my tip is hiring family or 
uh, school-aged children of yes. neighbors. And uh, the part of that, not just connecting you to the community, but but so you can be more efficient and you can outsource to them under your supervision things like taking the pictures uh, so that you can get more done. But the other thing is, is it gives you a flexible workforce. Yes. I'm flexible with their school schedule. They just have to be good communicators and let me know. And then when I need less help, I have that ability so that I don't have that expense if I have less items to list. So uh, really, it's just an idea of how to have a flexible workforce. Because these people are presumably not using the money you're paying to pay their rent or their food or something. I mean, it's just it's right. just it's just going they're out high money, schoolers. Bit of, you know, walking around money as far as they're concerned. So if right. it's, if it's maybe a, gas bit money. a quiet week doesn't really matter too much. They're not going to be you know in a cardboard box under the railway arches complaining about you. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. Okay, so that's my tip for the week. All right, I got short one. Short and sweet. Very good. One here. It's a shipping section again. What's this? Uh, a carton sizer. You wonder what that is? Well, you can Google carton sizers, look at images. You'll mm-hmm. see it's a looks like some medieval torture device. Uh, I it's have basically one. a yeah. It's it's a it's like a, a rod with a with a hook with a with like a a, a spiky and wheel a, on it. Yes. Uh, uh, you get them from the shipping places, and what you do is you you run it round the top of the box, and it creates um, a perforation at a set depth below the top of the box, neatly mm-hmm. around all four edges. It's just enough that it makes the flaps of the box easy to fold along along those uh, perforated edges. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it keeps the box nice and square because it's actually parallel to the top. But it yes. maintains the integrity of the box as best you can. And why is this important? Well, most of the time when you ship something, you're paying for the size and not the weight. And by reducing the size but keeping the weight the same, uh, chances are um, you'll find that you pay less in shipping. Great idea. And And sometimes an inch or two can save you a lot of money. Yes, because sometimes you go into an oversized category uh, or you can't even send it – like. Quite often, if you're sending internationally, you have to be below 78 inches girth plus length. Mm-hmm. You know, quite often, <laughs> boxes come out like 79 point something. So you shave an inch off all around, and bingo, it'll be acceptable. Yeah. So punch your uh, measurements in on the shipping calculator before you seal it to see if you want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be amazed, I mean, as a buyer, how many boxes of huge amounts of fresh air turn up at vast expense to somebody which is ultimately me because my money is behind this. Nobody else is paying for it. Um, and it just, A, annoys me because that's free money that I could have had. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make the person look too professional. It makes them look like a clown because everyone knows fresh air is expensive to transport around the country in a, in a truck. Exactly. So anyway, uh, carton sizer, you can Google that and uh, look at pictures and it'll all be there and find uh, find one of those perhaps if you do any amount of shipping and save yourself some dimensional weight charges. And with that, let's press on to a few things happening. Uh, as I mentioned before, 20th, uh, if you get this in time, uh, Tuesday 20th, Orlando, here in Orlando, uh, Firebirds Bar and Grill will be there from 5.30, having fun, uh, changing, swapping ideas, solving each other's problems, and just having a couple of beverages as well. You never know. Uh, and uh, 7th of March, Sherry? Yes, that's the eBay seller check-in. You can register at sellerevents.ebay.com. Find out the latest happenings and ask questions and 
network with other sellers. Very good. And we have uh, some vague ambitions to do a breakout room, I believe. Probably on photography, something like that. Maybe the two of us will do a double act. Keep an eye out for that one. We'll try yes, and work up some I, stuff for I'm that. I'm better at, at being Philip's sidekick than... All right, very good. And the fact out. that we're having a seller check-in on the 7th may mean that we're having a seller release on the 6th or maybe before that. Who knows? Anyway, that's it from us. Philip saying thank you and goodbye. And from Sherry, thanks for being here. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time. That's the last word.